1: For us to find out how wrong we can be, this is the Arsenal Vision Post Match Podcast. My name is Alex Smith. You can block me on Twitter at Yankee Gunner, and welcome to season six of the Arsenal Vision Post Match Podcast. And it is my absolute great pleasure to have you here. It means the world to us that you are here. We have a phenomenal season lined up, limited series ahead, uh, post match podcasts every week. You're going to get. Uh, all the content you can handle, whether Arsenal make it worth our while or not, and uh, I want to say on behalf of everyone in the podcast that we love you truly for being here, uh, for watching the show grow together, and for hopefully a, a great season ahead—not just for the show and the community, but actually for Arsenal Football Club. The song you heard on the way in came from Roxy Arms Harris. There will be a new song every season, so if you hate this song, there'll be a new one next season. In fact, it's exactly like Arsenal Football Club. There's a new season every season, so if you hate the one that you just had, hope for a better one next season. But that's the one you're getting for now. And I love it, and I am thrilled to pieces to have the full boat here ready to give you predictions that we will literally put in ink, digital ink, that is, and have available all season of you. Last season, our predictions were up. Those will get taken down, replaced with these. So if you want to see how wrong we were last season, you're running out of time to do it, but you will be able to see how wrong we are this season. And here to be wrong with me today is Clive. You can find him on Twitter, Clive PFC, hello, Clive. Hello, hello. And Paul, you can find him on Twitter, pause my pencil, Paul.
2: Woohoo! Six seasons of Arsenal Vision
3: uh, preseason predictions. Six seasons.
1: And Tim, you can find him on Twitter at @Tim_Bertold. Tim.
3: Hello there. I thought for a second you said that Roxy Music had written. Um, yeah, I was quite impressed there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was wondering about. Do you know the song Virginia Plain? It has that, um, that lyric, "Take me on a roller coaster," and uh, that, that would have felt quite apt. But um, yeah, delighted I, I, with, a, the, a, with a, the actual how's it music go we've got. Could, could you hum <laughs> it for us? take me on a roller coaster that one
1: (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be the lone man defending roxy harris who actually writes our music and say that we're thrilled and fortunate to have him writing our music Uh, there's no roxy music i i I mean i beg to differ why are we crapping on our own people for god's sakes we can crap on our players that's coming up next scott's on twitter don't underscore that underscore hello scott
4: yeah, I like how you just kind of like blow by a lot of this banter and just, you know, try to keep things on yeah. track.
1: If you want banter and waffle, you know where the ArsCast is. You already listened to it. He has natural, genuine human interactions that are gratifying. We do not. That is not what we do. We get your private shaved and give you bad predictions. We're here to do that now. And we are pressing forward. What we will do is we will literally run down the list. You're going to have some fixed options. and You're going to have to tell me what you think. And then uh, we'll do, very briefly, we'll, we'll back our predictions on the first tier of these because they're sort of the big questions. As we get to the more granular questions, we will thin out the conversation so this doesn't last till uh, mid-season. So, Clive, it's the biggest question of all, my friend, and we'll start with it. What's League that? League finish.
5: Well, this is the first year that I haven't said we'll finish first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, plastic now, i always say top four but i've actually given us the first place outside of the top four i've gone for fifth um maybe slightly biased well you know driven by the fact that everyone's spending hundreds of millions and seem to be buying players for the first 11 while we are not so um i'm gonna say fifth and i'm sticking with it
1: okay uh I guess what I would ask you just super quick is, would you regard it as success in the context of the four clubs I presume you expect to finish ahead of us being Liverpool, City, United and Chelsea?
5: Yeah, that, that will be okay for me. Um, based on where they are today, With uh, as we sit here on the 12th of August, I don't think I can do anything more than, say, fifth. If our squad was to change, and a little bit of excitement come into our lives, then I may redress that to fourth, but um, fifth for now.
1: Okay, well, Tim, I'm yeah. here for your first place prediction. Is that what you're going with?
3: No, I'm going to disappoint you. I've gone for fifth as well. I mean, we're going to be in the area of the league of Leicester and Spurs, right? I I do think us not being in Europe perhaps gives us a bit of an edge there. Um, but it, it's much of a muchness between those three teams. And to be honest, fifth, sixth, seventh, like who really cares. <laughs> I can't really get excited about which specific position we finish in, but I, I just think without Europe, I've gone for fifth.
1: Interesting. Um, let's do this. I want to group these together. So I'm going to backtrack to you, Clive real quick and just say, mm-hmm. I see that you have us here at 66 points, finishing fifth. So you expect the top four to be pretty strong then?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, and I do think because of what, you know, because of no Europe, I think 66 is a, is achievable. Although I'm normally very optimistic <laughs> around the 68s to 70s, I've gone 66, and I think we're going to we're going to end the season well. You know, I think that's the key thing, and uh, um, yeah, I hope it all adds up in the end. But yeah, it's around that range. I do think Arsenal have historically struggled doing multiple competitions at the same time. I don't think we do big games well, particularly two, three in a week. But I think this once a week thing towards the end of the year could really, really help us. So that's why I've gone 66.
1: Okay, perfect. I, I just wanted to get that out there. And Tim, then uh, I have it here. You can certainly say it yourself, but you, you have us on 64 points. So again, mm-hmm. I mean, do you, do you regard that as a fairly successful season in
3: context? Um, possibly. Like I said, I I can't really get excited um, about that. I I think, Elliot, where, where I am with this, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, who cares? For me, it's more about, not more about, but it's as much about the journey as the destination this season. So if we kind of finish six and we drift along in six and do largely what we did last season, and perhaps a little bit of variance just goes in our favor, I won't be too excited by that. If, like, next May we finished fifth and I see smith Rose getting better and Saka's getting better and Martinelli's playing more games and woohoo we're going to get rid of a few players this year um, finally then then maybe I'd be more you know I, I'd be more optimistic. like if I feel like we're building towards challenging those those four clubs then then that's something different than you know a bit like when Spurs got six under Mourinho and you didn't you know they just got it because no one else did um effectively so for me it's as much that's what i'm looking for this season i'm looking for a journey more than a destination
1: fair enough um i, I think for a lot of people we might wind up then if that happens having the same battles we always have about whether the process is more important to the results um and at some point those two are going to have to uh, arrive at, the, at, a, at a nexus but paul what, what do you got for uh, league finish endpoints I'm going to go with sixth
2: and 61 points. I think we should get fifth. I just don't think we will. Uh, I think like other teams do league finishes too. I think Leicester City is just better prepared going into this season than we are, for example. Um, I think it's going to be... a tougher season a more competitive season all around including for the top four against the other top 10 11 12 your villas your Leeds, um maybe not your evertons maybe your evertons will be stronger than they were last season um and it's going to be tough to scramble points i think we should be good enough for fifth and even nibbling away at fourth if say liverpool don't do as well as they should do or or get off to a, a bumpy start but i just think there's too many variables here and unfortunately we're not quite as ready for the start of the season as we should be we'll have the afcon which will cost us thomas party and maybe lakanga can pick that up a little bit other other teams will lose players too but we may be very dependent on the thomas party uh, midfield axis so The main reason is I just don't feel comfortable we're going to be ready to go at the start of this season the way we should do. And I think sixth uh, is what we'll get, but it should have been fifth. You realise in the spreadsheet you've written ninth. You realise that while I was watching the spreadsheet, you changed your number and I thought uh, downwards. And I'm like, will he think it's funny if I move mine down to ninth? And you didn't.
1: Well, I was hoping you would say ninth because then I could feel better. I, what I would, what I'm doing is I'm hedging. I'm looking at the spreadsheet and I'm like, how low can I go where I don't look like I'm just being a jerk? And when you were ninth, I felt safe going a little more conservative. <laughs> well, when, I'm when back you,
2: to sixth again, which was uh, my I'm real number. It. But when I, when I saw you hovering over the spreadsheet, I'm like, screw that! I'm going lower than him.
1: <laughs> well, all right, let's let's let Scott settle the argument. I'll do mine last. Scott, what is your um, what is your league finish and predicted points?
4: So I've got a set fifth with 64 points, but I think when you kind of look at things, there's obviously, there's a tier where Manchester City is the best team. And then I think that second through fourth is about all about the same. So I think you got, you know, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, all about that same level for me. Um, And then I think fifth through seventh are all about that same level. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's anywhere between fifth and seventh. Um, I think we'll be right in the low 60s. Maybe if we're we're fortunate, we can get into the high 60s. Um, but I think that's about perfect for for where we're going to be. To me, I think the, you know, success is really, let's see this as a consolidating our position, you know, situation, you know, try to be able to actually see progress for where we want to go for next year, be able to hopefully get back into Europe and, you know, make this a stepping stone season for next year where we're fighting to be in the top four. I think that's kind of where I see this one going.
1: I think that's fair. I, yeah, I'll stick with my guns. I, I, I have a sixth on 61 points and I really, really labored over this one because the part of me where hope springs eternal says fifth with a chance for fourth. If one of the top four falter, but I just look at the squad right now and I can only make this judgment right now. And I say, we are currently not better in the first 11 than we were last season. And we start the season without party. So arguably worse. Uh, We don't have an Odegaard, So worse. So you know, most people didn't like him, but he was in the squad. He's not in the squad anymore. We added Ben White and replaced David Louise. And while I think Ben White may be an upgrade defensively over David Louise at this point in his career, I certainly think David Luiz as a passer and a progressive ball player is as good as what Ben White can bring. So I have to look at it and say, do I think that we are better? The arguments for us being better as the squad is currently constructed would be incremental improvement in the young players, Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli. But Saka and Martinelli have just joined us, so they may get off to a slower start. The arguments for us being worse are the elimination of players like Odegaard and the aging of some of the players that are critical. I think Shaka had maybe his best season ever for us last season. Can he repeat that or will we see the Shaka that has been more frequently criticized? Uh, Aubameyang, Lacazette, obviously they're not getting any younger, as we know. Willian is being ground into dust as we speak. So... Those are questions. I think at right back, we have four, but not one. So there's, there's a lot of questions, and many of them may get answered between now and September 1st and change the way I feel about this. The interesting thing is 61 points would not have gotten us top six last season, but last season had a pretty high point total for those top finishers. I think we might see something a little more representative of what it's been in the past, and I think 61 will be good enough for sixth. I think if you ask me range of outcomes— I would say that finishing 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th all feel equally plausible to me. 25, 25, 25, 25%. So if we finish 8th, it won't shock me. If we finish 5th, it won't shock me. Lower or higher would be a surprise in my view. So the goal then is to to finish in the top part of that range of outcomes. Somebody has, to, has feels like they need to argue with me about that.
5: Who was it? Yeah, I was just thinking. He's it. actually... I'm not sure if it's sad or, or, or do we just all recognise where we are as a squad? I spoke to a, a, a director of football at a proper club, a professional club once, and he said that they split a squad up into three sections, right? So thriving, striving, and surviving, right? So the thriving is the top third, the striving, in the middle third, surviving, the bottom third. We've got far too many trying to survive at the club. And that's the issue that's blocking us to, from adding people who can make the club thrive in the top third. When you look at Manchester United, they just bought a couple of players, we're well, by a couple of players. They're in the top third of their squad. That's what you do in recruitment. You always put people in the top third of your squad and so your bottom third fall out and you lift your levels. We're in a different place. We're trying to put backfields in place to fill holes before we can get the people who are surviving waiting for payoffs out the door. It's actually quite sad that not one of us has put us in the top four. I think it's indicative of where we are, and there's no real debate. And it's, uh, I think it's a bit of a shame, really, but at least we're being realistic. So it is, yeah. what it is.
1: I mean, the fact is, it doesn't make you a better fan to say we're going to finish top four and set an expectation that doesn't look fair to the squad we've assembled. Doesn't be, wouldn't be fair to the manager at this point. I, I think you you listed the three categories. I think it's worth pointing out not every club works like that, Clive. The thriving, striving, and surviving. I mean. A a lot of clubs will have those three groups, but there are clubs that have other groups. Like Spurs have thriving, striving, surviving, and diving. Um, So, you know, I I think it is important to recognize that there there are often other categorizations. Let's move off of that and on to what I think may be the determining factor of whether we – overachieve or underachieve what we've just predicted, and that is goals scored. Uh Let's go reverse this time. Scott, where do you have us in terms of goals scored? The The big issue from the last two seasons, really, where I believe we finished with 58 and 57 goals scored or thereabouts. Scott, I with, see a, a small with a mute button now. challenge. The mute button yeah, challenge already Thank failed you. first season. There we go. All right. Hey, I mean,
4: we're still in pretty since You know, we gotta you know get these last kinks out here, right? So I I have us at sixty points or sixty goals scored. Um, So that's a small improvement. I think that you know we'll see some minor improvements from you know our our forwards. Definitely, Um, I think we can get some more from from Sackin Smith Rowe. So yeah, I I see a little bit of us getting a little bit more there. Out of curiosity, in terms
1: of like, does that is that what we model out to like in your like statistical models, or is that just your sense?
4: And you know, I'm I'm kind of pushed this into the 75th percentile of these things with my predictions because I am trying to be optimistic and positive.
1: <laughs> so, what would the 50th percentile be?
4: Um, I think we're right about the same as last year, about 58.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's go with Paul. How many goals do you see us scoring this season? Is it going to be a high-flying centurion season for us?
2: That is a great question. Let me bring up my spreadsheet. I'm going with uh, goals scored 63 or um, were we at? 55 or something last 58. season? Mm-hmm. 58. Oh, OK. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we had six penalties. We'll come to penalties later on. Uh, penalties Sorry, you were right. It
1: was 55. I apologise. I think it was 58 okay. the season before. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So, like, I think everybody might lose a couple of penalties this year uh, compared to their last season totals, for example. Um, But mostly I see Pepe get more goals, Martinelli get more time, more goals. Uh, Smithrow getting a few, a couple more. Um, Saka getting a couple more. Uh, The I'm not convinced Aubameyang or Lacazette will get more than they did last year. Um, They might, depending on allocation of time and minutes, it might be a different guy getting them. But mostly that's where I'm coming looking for the extra goals from some obviously additional uh, opportunity creation. Um, by having functioning wings t- Tierney and hopefully the right side cranking for most of the season Tierney with his backup um, so, so that we have constant creation instead of having off periods of the season should get us up to that le- that level of uh, you know 63 I- I'd love us to be at 68 or so which seemed to be a good number for for uh, kind of just getting into the the top four last year in and around the top four 68 looked like the number um but 63 just seems realistic unless we do something different with our strikers and bring in a tammy abraham at the last moment and that that shakes things up i think it's got to come from pepe uh in a few more and then the other lads just stepping
1: up and adding a couple and some additional chance creation i would um I would say that the, the challenge for me with predicting goals is that I think it is a lot more about the system creating more opportunities than the players getting better mm-hmm. themselves because I don't regard the goals we scored the last season as representative of the level of talent in the squad. I regard it as representative of a system that didn't generate enough yeah. threat. So if that makes sense, Tim, do you have a sense of where we're headed from the goals? I mean, you must have a sense because you've written it in the spreadsheet. So why don't I just say, yeah, yeah, how yeah. many goals do you have a score
3: Yeah, I had 66. I think your point there, Elliot, is absolutely spot on. There there are goals in this team. Um, It's just we don't create enough for them. And, you know, look what happened last season, right? First half of the season, we couldn't score at all. And then we bring in Smith-Rowe and Erdgaard, and that becomes not a non-issue, but less of an issue. That wasn't because Smith-Rowe and Erdgaard were scoring goals, right? It was because it improved our creative game, and voila all of a sudden we had a bit more threat like there's goals in Lacazette Pepe and Abamyang. I've gone for 66 which I think is, admittedly probably the most optimistic outlook I'll, I'll give you my rationale I think Saka will score more I think Smith Rowe will score more um, I think Abamyang will score more not loads more but more um, and I'm going on the idea that Martinelli is going to be fit all season now admittedly Um, Any one of these guys could get injured and be out for the season and then you lose those goals. I think that's slightly less likely without Europe um, with fewer games. I'm kind of expecting, perhaps foolishly, fewer injuries. So I do think a lot of those guys will get a lot of minutes. Um, And so there's there's a few of those things going into it. But the caveat I'll put in is I'm saying 66 on the very solid assumption that we sign another creative attacking midfielder, which Mm. I think we will. Uh, I've always felt that that would shake out in the last week of the window and I think Arsenal have always felt that too. I I think we'll get Erdgaard or Madison in the last week and and that's the assumption that this is on. If we don't, then I would revise that right down by seven or eight goals um, at least. So I'm doing this on the proviso that there are goals in the team, there are a couple of guys who can score more, but we need to kind of buttress our creative game a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think... I totally agree that we need that player to come in. I still think that that player coming in, I mean, we had Odegaard last season. He was in and out of the team and only for half the season. And the attack did improve, but we still know that it didn't improve to the level it probably needs to. So maybe a little from column A, a little from column B. Clive, what, what do you have in terms of goals scored this season? Yeah,
5: uh, yeah, I had 66. Um, for a lot, much of the reasons that Tim and Paul have spoken to already, um, I do think... There's opportunities. When people say about the system uh, and talent, I sort of grind my teeth a little bit. I think we overrate our talent, but I think there's more we can do with the mobility and rotation of our talent up front. I think um, I'd like to see a bit more freedom of movement. That's the thing for me. If we were to buy into that a little bit more, buy into a a pressing game, which it's hard to see in pre-season that you can do once, once the league starts... You don't really overpress in preseason. season you, you just don't. But when the league starts, you can do that. And I think we're going to play in, we're going to play in people's halves a lot more. That's, you can sense that just from watching the preseason that we're trying to do that. So if we do that, I think the goals will go up naturally. And obviously the ages of our young players, the ones that we all love and all our dreams are in, they're only going to go one way regarding to improvement and scoring and finishing and creating. So... You pull that together with a hopefully one or two signings that we are dreaming of, I think we're going to go upwards you know, by 10 or so goals and, uh, and see where that takes us. I think it will cost us at the back door. So, I mean, that's why the points are not where they could be. But, yeah, 66-ish, that, that's fine for me, and that'll be good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I would regard that as a big success given that we're coming off, and I want to clarify, 55 last season, 56 the season before. I am going to go with 57 this season. I mean, it's an improvement. Wow. <laughs> I don't I don't see the system improving enough to create the volume of chances we need, and I don't think we have players. You know, I think Aubameyang is still fine, but maybe not elite. I think Lacazette is not an elite goal scorer. I think Bukayo Saka is an extraordinary player who is never going to be an elite goal scorer. I don't think that's his superpower, and I don't think it needs to be. Uh, I think Smith Rowe has some end product but not elite end product and I look at Arsenal and I say when have we ever really hit the goals tallies we needed when we didn't have someone who was really that dominant scorer, that dominant player up front and I don't know that we have that right now and we may go into the market and get a striker who can get 20 goals this season that changes a lot but if we think Oba's a now a 14 or 15 goal guy and Lacazette's a 9 or a 10 goal guy and Sack is a 6 or 7 and, and Smith Rowe's a 6 or a 7 and Martinelli, you know he's not going to play a ton, maybe he'll be a five or six. You just do the math and you don't come out at the number of goals we need unless the system changes enough where Arsenal start creating tons and tons of chances. And that could happen, but it was 56, 56 two seasons ago, it was 55 last season, and the attacking talent hasn't improved enough to overcome what I regard as a system that does not have a solution for creating enough chances yet. I think this goes hand-in-hand with Arteta's job on the line this season, right? Because wherever we finish, top four notwithstanding, getting a lot of goals and being a better attacking team will go a long way to people having their concerns about him allayed, and the opposite will do the opposite. So I'll go with 57 goals, a small improvement, maybe a slightly better attack offset by the attacking players who we rely on for goals sort of aging out of their best years. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong about it. I mean, I'd love to watch some exciting attacking football. I think something has to change for that to come to pass. But that's okay. Maybe our new identity is defensive football. So, Clive, how many goals are we going to concede? <laughs>
5: I've gone, I've gone forty. I I'm not very really good at prediction stuff. I've gone forty, and uh, and I'm not sure how many we conceded last year. So I just put forty down, and I, there's nothing behind it apart from the fact that. I think we've got, a, I think we got a better first defensive pairing potentially, but we're yet to see it. And uh, I'd like to see a different player playing at right back, and I'm hoping that will happen.
1: By the and way, we only conceded 39 last season, so 40 is pretty darn okay, close. That's
5: cool. That's cool. So yeah, 40. I, I say 40, <laughs> and, um, and go from there. So yeah, I'd, I'm not too worried about that really. I think the midfield. Look, how can we be, be much different? The midfield looks the same. Most of the defenders look the same, apart from one new guy. And um, the way we play looks very much the same. So, really, we should put the same numbers down as last year. But, um, but yeah, I've just gone for 40.
1: Um, okay. I mean, I don't – it's it's so hard with defending because, again, I think it's system-oriented. And if we are going to try to score more, we may have to concede more. I mean, three seasons ago when we were back in the 70-ish range, I think uh, yeah, 73 goals scored, we had 51 conceded, right? So – there, there's a give and a take there when when you go to try to be more attacking, and, and we may see some of that. Tim, what do you have for goals conceded?
3: I have uh, 44. Um, I I think the defense will maybe be broadly the same. I do think there was a little bit of there vari- like I didn't look at us last season and think we're the third best defense in the league. I do mm-hmm. I do think there were other reasons behind that. I think in trying to get better in attack, we will inevitably concede maybe a few more goals particularly if we're playing a slightly higher line so um yeah i I think actually that's obviously that's um you know that's worse than last year but i will swallow that if i've got a scoring 11 more goals so if we score 11 more goals and concede five more goals like broadly um obviously depending on the allocation of those goals i think broadly that's okay um, and I, I think Arteta's job depends on us attacking better, and that might mean just letting a few others in, maybe a little bit of variance thrown in as well.
1: Paul, you've uh, you've gone the doomiest of the group as usual. Goals conceded, yeah, yeah. my friend. Um, well, it's really an optimistic doom. Uh, I'm with
2: Tim. We're going to attack more. We're going to play with a a little higher line. Uh, ben White is not the most aerially gifted Uh, centre back on the planet. He will make up for it uh, in other areas. I'm I'm very happy that we have him and the way we'll play. But we were a very successful defensive team last year due to shape, due to being boring in our own third. We didn't intercept, we didn't tackle, we just kind of hunkered down, kept compact, gave them the wings, waited for them to hopefully cough up the ball, recycle, bring it up the pitch, and we'll be more aggressive this year and i think we might be a little surprised just how much weaker we are defensively when we open it up a little bit um and but the gain will be on the the goals for so i'm all for it but i think we will see our defensive frailties exposed a lot more because i don't think in large part like we didn't concede a lot of stupid goals for the most part, I know we think we had clown shoes on, but we didn't give away penalties. We didn't give away. Uh, we gave away a few stupid own goals, but well, we penalties. didn't give anything
1: up on set pieces. And in the preseason, that looks yeah. set to change.
2: <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll hold the set pieces thing. That's an or, arguably an organizational thing. I just think we're gonna we're gonna twist the the risk reward thing, and we'll we'll realize we had some frailties
1: that weren't as apparent last year. So yeah, 45. I have 45 as well, I will just say. So okay. I, I will just use all of Paul's answers. Um, I think it, if we do a little worse on set pieces, <clears throat> and when we come to my flop of the season, this will sort of help explain itself. I, I think there will be a, a bit of a fallback in goals. And I also think if this high line that we saw in preseason is what we're going to try, it may ultimately bear fruit, but I think it could have some growing pains. Um, especially with Chelsea and City, two of the first three games, there could be a, a bit of a heavy toll paid there. Scott, what do you got for goals conceded?
4: I got us at uh, 42, so I mean, I I definitely see a little bit of a a regression from last year. And I think you look at the the numbers, and I think this is pretty well echoed. So I think we are going to change slightly the style of the play. Um, I think that we will also play at a faster pace, because I think that's one of the things that really helped us last year to not concede as much, but also hurt our attack, is that we just played at a very slow pace. I think we had the second slowest pace of any team in the league. And when there's just not enough possessions between either teams... Yeah, neither team can score. So I think that we'll actually play a little bit faster. I think that should hopefully get us more goals scored but I think it'll also mean we concede a few more. I think we also were a bit fortunate in um, overperforming the XG numbers, um, but I hope maybe we see slightly an improvement with a, a settled back two, so hopefully we we kind of pick our two main center backs and that's it, and we have a partnership instead of it kind of being a, a <coughs> rotating show over the overall season. So, yeah, I kind of see us a, a little bit of uh, regression and then hopefully a little bit of improvement to get us to 42 goals.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's also worth pointing out David Luiz can be a clown, but he also cannot be a clown, and he's a very experienced player who surely would have been a help for a lot of very inexperienced players this season. I mean, Ben White is the anchor of the defense at what twenty-three. Gabriel is young. Holding is not particularly young, but you know, not particularly reliable. Same with Pablo Marie. So, while I I like Ben White and I think I like Gabriel, there's inexperience in our our first choice center-back pairing. They've literally never played together once, never practiced together once, never trained together. Center-back pairings are pairings for a reason. They are partnerships. And that partnership's going to have to develop. And uh, it's going to have to do it quickly because I don't think people want to see a whole lot of Pablo Marie, uh, at least based on how his preseason wrapped up. So, okay, that's it's goals conceded.
2: preseason, Elliot.
1: Yeah, of course. He's going to be fine. Pablo Marie's yeah. going to be fine. Everybody says that. Top score. I will start since... Why not? Uh, I go with Aubameyang, uh, but before you get excited, you will hear later how many I expect from him. Um, the good news is there are some very, very good teams that didn't have any very big goal scorers last season. And what was Manchester City's top goal scorer? Was it?
4: Gundogan. Gundogan
1: with like nine goals or eight goals? Something like 11. Was was it was it a lot more than I said?
4: <laughs> it was 13 <laughs> Three.
3: Yeah. Okay,
1: th- 13. The point is, the pe- the team that won the league and scored a ton of goals, their top score had 13 goals, um, which is fine. I think Chelsea, as you've pointed out to me, Tim, Jorginho was their leading goal scorer because he takes penalties, but that was what, like nine goals? Seven. Seven goals. There I am. I st- the good thing about statistics is they're really just how you feel. Um, but the point is, like, you don't need a twenty-goal scorer. It would seem to be a pretty decent team. I don't think we'll have one, but I do think Oba will be our leading goal scorer. Scott, who do you have?
4: I got it. I got Oba too.
1: Yep. Um, okay, Paul, who do you have? I did
2: have Pepe, and then I'm thinking. But who gets to take our penalties? And it's probably going to be Aubameyang. So I put Aubameyang. But yeah. in in open field play, if you like, I I would have gone with Pepe.
1: Isn't it also possible? Just to be clear, before we we get uh, Clive and Tim's. Is it possible that Oba won't go to the AFCON and Pepe will? Because that that would certainly have an impact, I would think. Does anybody have any insight into that that they might be able to share? I assume
5: they both go, wouldn't I? It's only three, <laughs> two, three games anyway. Don't, don't stress about that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, assuming they come back ready to go. Okay, um, so, okay, Clive, who do you have?
5: I, I, I hedge my bets. <laughs> and um, I went for Pepe and Aubameyang, same. And, just, um, just to
1: be clear. You only get credit for that being right if they are on the exact same number at the end of the season. Yeah. So you haven't hedged uh, your bet. You've actually made your life harder.
5: Yeah, and, I, and okay. like to, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think this is the way to go. This is an interesting one, probably one for the, another, another podcast. But I think it's time to get these two closer together. I really, and I, if that means moving Pepe off the side into the center spaces, then we need to do it. You spoke yesterday Elliot, about getting the most on this squad. I just don't think I can take the third season watching Pepe receiving it on a touchline, doing one little pass and knocking it back to Bellerin and, and running into a space where he can't get the ball back. I just, we can't. If you're a coach, you can't allow it to happen again. you got to get some freedom movement from this guy, and our two best, most dangerous players around the box are those two. So why not get them closer to the box and support them with creativity from the sides? It's just a simple tweak, and it could produce a lot if we were to do it, because they both switch on in those centrals there. And so put them there, you know. So um, that's why I did that, so we can ha- I can have that discussion. So I hope we do it because we we need to get a lot from this squad, and it it isn't going to be if we're going to do the same as we always did. We can almost we can just cut and paste numbers from last year. Seriously,
1: let's not do that, <laughs> Tim. Who's your Who's your leading scorer for us?
3: Yeah, I, I put Pepe in the spreadsheet, but I'm rethinking it just because I, I think maybe Aubameyang will just play more games because that left wing spot isn't absolutely locked down by anyone, whereas it looks like Pepe is competing with Saka, um, unless Pepe moves over to the left wing. So, I, I mean, I really think it's taken number um, between those two. My, I think in an ideal world, it will be Martinelli. And Martinelli will come in and he'll rip the shirts off one of their backs and say, your yesterday's news i'm i'm in town now um I'm announcing myself yeah yeah that that would be the ideal um really if if it was him i i don't see that so i i've put pepe i'm going to change it to a bamiang just because i i i think um he'll just play more games yeah and that
1: that's certainly reasonable so i will change it in the spreadsheet for you um player of the season tim who you got
3: I've, uh, I've gone big here. I've gone for Thomas Party.
1: Is that um, just to make up for the fact that you feel like you were hard on him last season you want people to like you again? <laughs> Hold on. How did I miss that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> did
1: we
5: just do that to make up? So,
3: so here's <laughs> oh, the goodness. thing. So I, I, I think I was like a little bit hard on him last season. I, I, I kind of think justifiably with the caveats that I think he was good and that I think there's, there's lots to work with there. Obviously, I think this prediction is largely dependent on his fitness. I just think if he plays like 30 games in the Premier League, I do think he'll kill it. I really do. And I think we're crying out for something so much there that everyone will notice it. I really, really do. I think people will go mad for Thomas Party if he can put those games together. And I really like, I know like people are really bored of Granit Xhaka and I completely understand. I think Xhaka and Party looked really good in the second half of last season. I really did. And I think our boredom of Xhaka has has clouded some of that maybe in our assessment. Yeah. I, I can see that being a really good partnership. And the way player of the season goes, right, Xhaka's not going to get it because he's been here for five, six years and everyone's bored to the back teeth of him. I think it will be party. I do think party will have um, he'll have a really good season and just because it's been a long time since we've had a central midfielder have a really good season, I think everyone will know about it.
1: I just want to be clear, though. We are picking who we think will actually be the player of the season, not who will win the fan vote, it, just
3: in case that Yeah, changes. yeah, but I, I, I think that Still will be okay. about right, yeah. Okay, cool. Um,
1: Clive, who is our player of the season, in your view? Yeah,
5: I've, I just want to say I agree with what Tim said there, and I will say if you look around our partnerships in our team, if you have to pick one out and say which is the most elite partnership we have, the, that centre midfield is the one. Whether you like it or not, it just is. And um, so my uh of season, I went for Saka. Um, I think I went for him last year. I'm not sure, but I went for Saka because I, I think he's gonna go supernova again this year. And if he stays injury free, I think he, we're gonna be we're gonna be begging him to sign a contract by Christmas. That's what I think, and I, I'm already scared. I'm already scared that he won't
1: and doesn't have to. I'm you leave the scared. worrying to me, buddy. I got, I got this well, under I, control.
5: I don't worry about too much in life, but I worry about this because I'd hate to think Arsenal are not able to accelerate their rebuild, which you all know is what's required to make this kid feel like this is the only place I want to be. I know there are clubs out there that, that are just waiting in the background with money that growing on trees literally... And we may not be able to be that club, but we can be the best version of Arsenal we can be, which we're not at the moment. I just hope we can speed this up. And that's not always in our control. But what is in our control, we stop making dumb mistakes and we support these people properly. So I'm worried, but I just hope he keeps going the way he goes, as as we all do.
1: I'd just like to say on my behalf that I don't feel my dumb mistakes are within my control. Um, (laughs) Paul, who do you have as player of the season? I'm
2: going for Ben, player of the season, White. Um, you mean 50 base.
1: million pound Ben White is his is his full name I, please
2: yes yes but also player of the season at Leeds and then at Brighton um, like I, I think when I look across the the panoply I don't know if that even applies here of, of options here like Saka may have a very good season and still not be player of the season because he could be a little tired a little jaded we've kind of settled on our expectations um I definitely think party's a great shout if he stays fully fit and 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 really kicks kicks in fully. Uh, but I wasn't really that torn. I think Ben White has the the great chance because he's always fit. He'll play every game, um, and he's a super talent. And he's new and fresh to the eye. That uh, he has some advantages in this department. Plus, when it comes to the fan vote, apparently the leads. Uh, supporters voted for Ben White when he was at Brighton, which is why he won the fans player of the year. So <laughs> that's then take a we'll have,
1: a page out of the Arsenal book of just dominating the online, <laughs> online uh, It's polls perfect,
2: stage. isn't it? So now I think Leeds and Brighton fans will vote for him in our fans pick. So he'll get that vote too. So to, to yeah, be clear, no, though, I think that's not what we're picking. No no, <laughs> you think it'll no, be no, right? no um we'll try not to let it influence here's us a question, yeah, White. Though.
1: Yeah. I mean it's hard for a defender to be the player of the season uh, if you're a big club because I just think it gets overlooked. Like I'm trying to think, can you name a centre back who would have rightfully been regarded as our player of the season over the last decade? Like, I'm not sure I can. Not to say that we haven't Showni. had a couple good seasons. Was, yeah, was
2: Kishlowski ever a player of the yeah. season though? He was worthy of it once, Maybe, yeah. w-
1: once or so. Yeah. But the thing about White though is, did,
4: did Vermeulen win it when he scored all of his goals?
1: Yeah, well, if, if Vermeulen won it that season, it's because of his goal scoring, so that's sort of disqualifying. Yeah. Um, I
2: think the thing that's different with White is he's just eye-catching. He's not, he's not just a defender. In fact, I yeah. often wonder if he's a defender.
1: That's another issue that may, may cost him in the boat. Um, Scott, who do you have as your player of the season?
4: I've got uh, Tierney down as the, the player of the season. For me, I think this is one where I think without Europe, he's going to be able to play 30-plus Premier League games, uh, or at least I'm hopeful. Um, I think we can all see just the importance he has um, in, in our attack, um, especially on the left-hand side. Um, so I think this is a, a year that he really takes a step forward. I think next year he might be in line for, you know, or at least when Aubameyang leaves, I think he's stepped up to be the, the future captain, and I think that uh, this is going to be... a, a A pathway along that, so I think he's probably going to be our most important player.
1: In our merch shop, avpodcastshop.com, we have some phenomenal artwork done by Brandon that you can buy as a print, a shirt, or a mug, uh, or a hat, or whatever for the future Captain Tierney, and it's quite excellent what he did. I actually think what he did for Saka was really cool. Um, Yeah, The funny thing is, Scott, you had two picks that allowed me to change two of my picks, because I wanted to make sure Tierney was nominated here, and because you did, I actually went with Smith Rowe. I am... If these are stocks, I am buying Smith Rowe stock. I want to get in before it goes supernova. I think Smith Rowe is a sensational player. And that's not to say that, like, Saka isn't or Martinelli isn't. But I think that Smithrow, just looking at his physique now and and his hunger to get end product. I mean, think about it. He came into a dysfunctional team on Boxing Day against Chelsea and immediately starts the upward movement. When he played, we played well. He was trusted enough to be false nine in a European semifinal. Shouldn't have been, to be fair. But it shows you what the manager thinks of him. They gave him the number 10 shirt. He looks great in preseason, and I just think he is ready to absolutely pop. So I have him as our best player um, this season because I think... Everything he does, the tempo quickening, the assists, the potential goal scoring, the one-touch passing, it's all the stuff that we don't have enough of in our team. That may get muted a bit depending on who we go into the market to get, if we indeed get someone like a Madison or an Odegaard, but I still think he will be the kind of guy who just can't be taken out of the team. So I've gone for Smith-Rowe, which means we can go for the more fun category of flop of the season. And I'll start. We can whip around the other direction. I was going to go, I think, for the one that Scott picked, but because he picked it, I'm going to go with Burn Leno. Part of the reason I think we might concede more goals is because I think Burn Leno might be worse. And you just look at it. He's had a weird preseason. He, I don't know if he totally wants to be at Arsenal. We're clearly trying to buy the guy who's going to replace him eventually, uh, if not this season, the next season. It's a club and a player that don't seem to want each other. And he had a few shaky moments last season. And I just wonder if all of this pressure of you know playing out from the back, having to play short, a player who's a little unsettled, can he be, I mean, he's been, let's let's call it like it is, our player of the season or a candidate for it, two seasons running in terms of some of the saves he's made. I do think he's a bit of a liability with the ball at his feet. And if, if he regresses at all, if his desire to leave the club presents itself at all in less effectiveness or the, the knowledge that we're trying to replace him or a guy we bring in who is sitting there waiting to take his shirt, could we see a problem? And I, I think goalkeeper is an easy flop of the season to pick because They don't have to screw up too many times for it to hurt you really, really badly. I mean, Manuel Almunia might have been fine in 80% of the games, but in the 20% he wasn't, it cost us big, big things, and people still remember him, uh, I would say, not not exactly fondly because of it. So I'll have Burn Leno as our flop of the season. I hope it doesn't come to pass because the downside of picking the keeper is, unlike any other position, if that position flops, you can't achieve anything. Because uh, you just can't concede cheap goals. So hopefully, I am wrong about that as I am about most things. Tim, who's your flop of the season?
3: Yeah, I actually like that Burn Leno shout. Um, actually, I not I should like it. Like my, it? But, but well, they, yeah, no, no, yeah, like <laughs> like it. As in um, adopt it. <laughs> I might adopt it. Um, but you've you've explained it well there. I will be honest. I didn't think about this that much because there are there are quite a lot of players in this squad we all have quite a low opinion of. And therefore, it's it's difficult to define flop um, in that respect. And like Aubameyang had the flop season last season, and so no one's really backing him to do anything, for example. Um, I just went for Cedric because that was the easy thing to do. Um, but also, I, I could equally have put Bellerin in there. Um, Can you I,
2: flop I'd... if you're already lying on the bottom?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, yeah, kind of. I just think... So the reason I think this will get exposed even more as as a terrible, terrible deal um, is I do think that right back might become a bit of an issue next year. Like we're mate, we're, we're doing a bit of make do and mend there at the moment, and we don't know for sure about Chambers. Has Chambers even signed a new contract? I thought his contract was up at the end of next year or does he have yeah, like an option one, for another year I think there's an something? option
5: in there Tim I think there's an option that's why I'm yeah. not stressing but, but they haven't triggered quiet. the option yet have they, they yeah
3: triggered. yeah That that's quiet so I think Arteta's got four right backs and doesn't want any of them is the situation and I do think to be fair to him there is a reason for that so I, I could equally have picked Bellerin I probably could have equally picked Chambers I do think Chambers will be okay there um, so I, I don't think it's like a massive emergency but Um, I just put Cedric because I hate that deal. And I think it will get exposed even more. Picking
1: Cedric has a bit of the stop-stop. He's already dead from the Simpsons. (laughs) Um, I I do want to say we have a patron named Clarence uh, who's quite active in the Discord. He's uh, of Portuguese descent, and he should have gotten a trigger warning before this because he loves Cedric (laughs) as he loves all the Portuguese players like they are his own children. Um, Very displeased that we haven't signed Ruben Neves yet. So... Uh, Clive, who do you have as our flop of the season? I know this is hard for you to pick because uh, at this time of year, they're all your children and you love them equally.
5: Yeah, I I picked holding. And again, not because... I did try to think of somebody that didn't really flop last year. Um, And the reason I picked him because I think White's going to take his position and we will use one of the two left-footed centre-backs on the other side. Ben White will soon become, if he's not already, (laughs) our most important defender very quickly. And holding is a type of player that needs two or three games to get up to speed, and I'm not sure he's going to get it. And when he's not up to speed, he has shockers. And then he suddenly hits his speed, and he and he reaches a six and a half out of ten steady standard if we're against the If are under the pump, he's he's really good, right? So, but he needs a series of games which he got last year, and I don't think he's going to get them this year. I think it's going to take him out of his rhythm and really affect how he plays. So that's why I put him down.
1: Um, I, I now cede the floor to the man who returns from the Olympics with gold in mental gymnastics. <laughs> Paul has picked his top scorers, as flop of the season. Go,
2: Paul. <laughs> uh, Yang.
1: <laughs> please feel
2: free the floor is yours <laughs> yeah elliot thinks this is hilarious because i also picked obamiang as the likely top scorer but then elliot has a poor grasp of how probability works it doesn't damn mean right i do. probable
1: there's a hundred percent chance i have no idea how probability works
2: <laughs> <laughs> it means it's the least least likely thing so uh obamiang is clearly in one or two of the people who would be the top scorer and you'll take the penalties. Um, but to be a flop, you've got to fall from a height. He's as good a shout as anybody to fall. And both things can be true that he's equally likely will it both happen in the same season no but does that mean he's not the most likely to be a flop not necessarily could be 11 percent chance when everybody else is just nine percent chance but he's a 50 50 chance of being the top scorer so can i level uh, i
4: have a quick question for, for paul here so does your yeah. flop rating was it off of what you're kind of imagining what his career heights were or what he was last year
2: well, here's my definition of a flop. At the end of the season, people say, man, he really
1: flopped Agreed. this season. yep. So I want to I tell you something, Paul. You'll be shocked to hear this. Mm-hmm. I think Aubameyang's a fantastic shout, and I think your intellectual argument for him being top scorer and flop works perfectly for me because ultimately, if you're 300,000-pound-a-week striker gets you 12 goals and finishes his top scorer, no one's going to go job done. No one's going to say, way to go, buddy. The fact is, Aubameyang is also a player who, if he's not scoring, I think most of us regard him as not doing a hell of a lot else. So if Yang finishes with 12 goals, you can pretty well bet that he's had a bad season by most metrics and could still wind up top scorer. So I, I think it's uh, a really, really Look, really look at the shot.
2: possibilities here. We might get another striker this window. That's not going to help him to have the world's greatest season, necessarily. Lacazette may be the man in form. Um, Pepe may kick on. Martinelli, like, there's all sorts of people nibbling at his heels. He could very easily uh, have an underwhelming season. And while we gave him a pass last season for all sorts of reasons, the difficulty, like, he does that season again or worse. He's a flop.
1: Where was uh, this lucid argumentation when you were screaming at me when I said we shouldn't re-sign him? <laughs> but I was against re-signing. No, I know it is a joke. Um I just need I Good. needed the help. Um, Scott, your flop of the season is one that I have some sympathy for. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, so I mean I did have some troubles kind of coming to this because I don't want anybody on our team to be bad. I mean as as much as you know I dislike some of our players, I I'd like all of them to do well for Arsenal because Oh for I mean, God's sake, Scott, grow a pair. Yeah, come on. All right, I I picked Granite Jacka as my flop of the season. (laughs) Yes, so I did pick Granite Jacka as my flop of the season. Um, I guess my reasoning behind it is that I think that last year was probably the peak of Granite Jacka. So I think there really is kind of only one where to go from here. Um, I have very big concerns that a player that is kind of limited athletically um, when he loses a step can become unplayable. I have seen our style switch to something that isn't built necessarily around him. I think we are trying to gear things more towards Thomas Party and where we have more athletic midfielders and I just don't think he fits with that mold. Um, I can't imagine him at this age really being part of a high line, high pressing team and I think that's kind of the way we want to go. Um, And I think if he's getting significant Game time, it's going to be more situations where there's a lot of things that are going to accentuate his flaws and less things that are built around really bringing out the maximum in him. So um, I think that just based on where he was last year, um, I think he might have the highest to fall. Because I think if we go back to Paul's argument about, you know, I think William should be our number one flop for everybody because I think he's going to be probably the most... You know, pay to performance thing. He's probably going to be the absolute worst. So he I mean, will be I the least return kind of on investment. I, yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's you know where he is last year and where our expectations are. I think that uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to Shaka.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I would I would say that your point about Shaka that I find compelling is I think last season was his best season at Arsenal, and I think it's maybe made us forget why we were sort of frustrated with him and what some of the flaws were. And if he goes back to being something more like what he used to be. But maybe even just a slight tick down from that, it'll feel horrible because he had actually gotten to a level that I think a lot of us probably regard as pretty good. So we'll just have to see if he holds on to that. Now, we're going to go with something called surprise player of the season. I think last year we called it breakout player. It's essentially who's the player who winds up being really influential in a positive way that maybe exceeds the expectation going into the season that we have. Now, based on the fact that four of the five of us have picked the same one, maybe he's not exceeding his expectation. Maybe he will just reach his expectation. Um, I'm going to start with you, Scott, going back the other direction and just say, you put two, you put Odegaard and Samby. I understand why you put Odegaard. We don't have him now. Let's just operate using the ones that are in the team. So you don't have to explain why Odegaard to me. Just give me the Sambi logic.
4: Because I I think just he looks a lot more ready to play than what I initially expected. Um, I had really high expectations of what he could become, but I didn't really expect him to really kind of break into the season um, until really the, the latter half of the year um i think he's gonna get some opportunities early with party out um and i think that this might be a thing that kind of dovetails with my my Jacka as a flop i think that we might see um, a lot more party and samby together and i think that that's going to be a bit of a surprise from kind of what my initial expectations were
1: yeah i, I saw him as an heir apparent to party i hope he will start against brentford tomorrow God, i can't believe it's tomorrow and I think if he's good early, he may prove to be someone that we want to keep in the team because of some of the things he can do that Shaka can't. I picked him for the same reasons you did. Uh, Tim, did you pick him for different reasons or the same?
3: Yeah, largely the same, but a lot of it was also just because I didn't think there was an awful lot of other choice just because the team hasn't changed very much and we know these players... And it, I just made the calculation. I am excited by Sambi and what he brings. And I think he's he's something different. And, and and I mean, good, different. Like he does some things that lots of other midfielders don't do. But also I was just making the calculation that he's new and he might play some games. Because I'm not sure we could say that about Tavares, for example. Um, so I can't pick him. And everyone else, I think we know quite a lot about them. Um, So that's partially why I've gone for him as well.
1: Paul, why did you pick Zambi?
2: Yeah, look, based on preseason and based on the bit we know about him, he's played quite a bit at a reasonable level uh, for Anderlecht. He looks ready, and I think he's going to get a really good look in between the start of the season, AFCON, and maybe... Thomas party having the occasional nigg- niggles tragically I also think that's why I'm not I I don't buy Scott's flop of the year I think Samby and party insulate Chaka from the risk he might not have as good a year but I think that should insulate him from being an actual flop with either of those two guys with a functioning midfield, which will then make Sambi look like a bit of a hero too because now it's one thing to be good when, every, when all around you sucks, but it actually we're fu- functioning because of him. That's why I think he can be eye-catching here. He looks ready. It's only preseason, But he's been good before he joined us by all accounts, so it might be real.
1: Mm, I, yeah, I, I think my only pushback slightly on the insulating Shaka thing is, I think Shaka is so nailed down as a first choice guy that for Sambi and Party to develop into a partnership that would start a lot of games, Shaka would have to tail off to a I level where I think you misunderstood.
2: Oh, okay, it, like it, it'd be Sambi and Shaka or Party and Shaka. Was that I, clear? I
1: see, Yeah, I see what you meant. I, when you said insulate, I thought you meant in the sense that he might play instead of him in some cases. No. But I see. Okay. Um, so, Clive. Your surprise player of the season is an interesting one because if you wind up being right, there are two things that I believe will be true. One, I will become one of Arteta's biggest fans. Uh, Two, I think our season will be a lot better than I suspect. I think it is a little bit of a litmus test because I think one of the challenges of this whole season for Arteta is to find a way to get this player as much playing time as he can. And your breakout player is?
5: Uh, Martinelli. And I think, I don't think, obviously, he's had a stalling year. And he was again. He was just coming back into form. He's done the Olympics. He's kept training, and he's come straight back in. So he's fit, ready to go. Um, we, we, he's not overplayed because we were very cautious with him post Christmas when he tweaked his knee in a Man City warm-up. So I think, like we all do, we all are hopeful for him. But I, I just got a feeling that he's gonna he's gonna transform us a little bit up there. And there's so much desire in this player to succeed, that eventually you can't stop it. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is his time now. This is his year. I think there's too many goals, there's too many assists, there's too many correct decisions, there's too much high pressure intensity, there's too much pressing, there's too much to sit it on the sideline and give it 12 minutes at the end of a game. And if he gets more starts in the right games, I think he can build a level of confidence, And maybe transform how we look up there. And So, yeah, I've I've got lots of favorite players in those areas. So I'm not trying to pick a team. I just think energy is going to be our friend this year. We're going to play in other people's halves. And I think he's got a lot of that. And so I see him as being one of the biggest improvements of the front front kids that we know and love already.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that just feel like Arteta doesn't like Martinelli. And I think one thing we have to accept, and I need to remind myself of this as well, A meniscus tear is a major injury at a young age. You have to be really careful with it. He was only even eligible to come back and start playing in late December, early January, really. And I remember I said on this podcast, my big fear is that Arteta needs a lifeline and will overplay Martinelli coming back from a meniscus tear. He didn't. He shouldn't get ripped for that. He should get praised for it. And he's been effusive in his praise of him. It may be the case that Arteta wants to use Martinelli more than any of us realize. Now, I do wonder if, we could have maybe kept him from going to the Olympics, but that's you know it's emotional, it's political, it's a little bit different. The fact is, I think, that's good is, for him. I think yeah. it's
5: good for him that experience. I think well, Tim may know more, but you know in Brazil that's a big thing, right? And he's part of that squad, so I think scored it's a, great, a penalty, won a gold medal. Yeah, I think he's great for his um, mentality. He's a winner, so there you go.
1: Yeah, so so I mean we we may be a little off base, and the fact is, I think if he plays a lot, I think he is someone who. You know, and I realize I've gotten it wrong with young players in the past. I think he has the ability to really be elite quickly with his end product, and it's something we desperately need. So, here's what we'll do. We're going to take a break, and in part two, we're going to rapid fire some over-unders on numbers and scenarios, and we'll we'll go rapid fire through some other things. And at the end of the pod, uh, once I post this, I will upload this spreadsheet so that everyone can keep track of it and laugh at us all season. We have a really, really spicy question buried in the part two section, though, so you'll uh, you'll not want to miss that. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with the spicy over-under stuff after this. Stay with us. There's a specialist for just about everything, right? When my car breaks down, I go to a mechanic. When there's a problem with my shower, I call a plumber. When I shower. So, when you want to get your uneven, crooked teeth fixed, you see an orthodontist. They're the specialists. And that's what sets Candid, the invisible, comfortable, and removable aligners, above the rest. While poorly reviewed or insanely priced clear aligner companies use general dentists, Candid only works with orthodontists. And with Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. You can book an appointment at a Candid studio near you or do everything from the comfort and convenience of your own home. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before that, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. And with your aligner treatment, you'll even get Candid's teeth whitening free. Candid can help you get the straighter, brighter smile you've always wanted. Right now, you can save $75 on your Candid starter kit when you get started from home. Go to candidco.com slash vision and use code vision. That's candidco.com slash vision, code vision. Candidco.com slash vision, code vision. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save. Okay, we're back. Uh, just want to remind you that if you do want to uh, support the podcast and sign up for Patreon, we have instant reaction pods after every game, and that will include uh, tomorrow after the Brentford game. We'll have a live stream before the game, so look for that. Uh, you'll see information for that, but it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Twitch. It'll be on Twitter, I think, and you know, all the usual places. And then um, we do have a, a merchandise shop where you can get mugs or shirts or stuff with with Scott saying, which is, let me check my model. Paul saying, which is, fuck him," of course. Tim saying, which is, I've just written about that. Clive saying. He's got two. He's in the washing machine now, and it's just football, mate. And mine, of course, is. That's why my friends call me Whiskers. We also have stuff for Saka and Tierney and uh, Ben White and Smith Rowe and uh, stuff for for the podcast generally. So if you want to go there, it's avpodcastshop.com, or you can just click the shop link on our website, arsenalvisionpodcast.com. Okay, enough of that. For over-under you guys, what I'd like to do is I'll, I'll post the numbers on the spreadsheet, you Feel free to, to just give the over-under now if you want to. We don't need to dive into too many of these. I think if there's ones that are really interesting, I'll stop, and we can kind of have a conversation about it. But let's just zip through. Over-under Aubameyang, 16.5 goals. I have under 13. Tim, what do you got?
3: Under 14.
1: Clive?
5: Under, what did I say, 12?
1: 12, yeah. Optimist. Paul? <laughs> under 13. <laughs> Damn flop. Scott?
4: Under 15.
1: Scott being the, the high man, and that is, is encouraging because he's the one actually working off math while the rest of us are just plucking nonsense out of our head. Lacazette goals over under 14. 14-
4: my, my model did say he was right at about 15.5. So oh, just, well, just, that's just saying.
1: So The the crazy thing is we'd all take that based on our predictions, but I don't think the general public would take that. Funny thing is, sometimes you get a little disconnected from reality. I'm sure most people listening right now are like, 13, 12, what the heck are these guys talking about? He's going to score 20, and I I hope he does. Um, I based it off the trend of his expected goals for what that's worth. Lacazette, Scott, over under 14.5.
4: Well under 6
1: six is less than 14.5 it is fewer Jesus. than 14.5 uh, uh paul uh under 11. clive i
5: said under and i've gone 10 but i reckon i should have put zero because i think he will be sold
1: no he's you think he'd be sold huh um I, I mean i'd take that outcome if it means we get another striker if he isn't sold do you still think zero <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm not playing your games.
1: <laughs> Tim. Fourteen point five goals for Lacazette.
3: Yeah, under. I've got nine.
1: I've got nine as well. Pepe Elliot, how many do you have? Over under twelve point five. Uh thanks, Elliot. I've gone under with nine. Tim.
3: I've gone over with fourteen. That's optimistic, isn't it? But yeah.
1: It's
3: a lot of goals. Let's yeah. go for it.
5: Clive? Yeah, I one up Tim with fifteen.
1: that that
5: goes with my getting down the middle shout then we'll soon see
1: I don't think he's not capable of it I will say Clive that when we get to the assist category you have Pepe going for the 15 goal 7 assist season I suggest uh, that would be takeable for most of us we would go for that Paul, over under for uh, for, for Pepe 12.5
2: I went over with 13, he got 10 last year we didn't play him that much, why not Scott
4: I said under at eight. Um, and I think it's really driven by minutes because I think he's going to have a really solid per ninety. But I mean, we just I think it's going to be a lot of rotation in our attacking midfielders, and I just yeah. don't think he's going to play enough to get to twelve and a half.
1: If Luka stays, you're going to see Lacca Martinelli, ESR, Pepe, and Saka splitting up time in the wide positions, and of course, don't forget Willian. We'll come to him in a moment. Uh, Smith Rowe, Scott uh, goals over under eight point five. That seems high, but
4: yeah, I said uh, five on the under.
1: Paul, six. Clive, seven. Tim, yeah, seven. Elliot, seven. Thanks. Uh, okay, Bukayo Saka <laughs> over under goals eight point five. Elliot, I went seven again, so uh, just under. Tim,
3: yeah, I've gone just over. I think nine. I think this this is where we can get some of the improvement in the goal scoring.
1: Bukai being an output player would be really helpful. I think he's an excellent player, but can he develop the end product? I think he can. It would be a huge mm-hmm. boost for us. Clive, uh, you've gone just under, it would appear.
5: Yeah, just, uh, just under. I still think he's a last pass player at the moment. I think he breaks the game open for everybody else. But, hey, man, I'll be happily, happy to be wrong because I've seven got him free. as my player of the year.
1: So there you go. There you go, Paul. Under seven. And Scott goes positive, my friend. You want to say it?
4: <laughs> I did. I said 10. I think he's going to be. So I think we're going to see a lot of times where we play with two kind of forwards. And I think that a lot of times he's going to be that guy because I think we are going to get Odegaard. So I think we're going to see Odegaard and Smith Rowe behind Aubameyang and Zaka a lot as our primary kind of attacking four.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I also think we could go 4-3-3 and he could play as Nate, in which case he might be more provider than goal scorer. But that's another story. Uh, Martinelli, Scott, over under 7.5. I said 8. That's
2: over.
4: So Paul? it's just slightly over.
2: Yeah, eight. I'm bullish on him, but I didn't go too big. I think I think this could be his year. Clive? Yep, just over.
1: Eight, I think. Seven. Tim, you love those Brazilians.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I've gone for nine. Um, I, I think a few of those will be from the bench as well. I'm I'm pretty positive that he'll be yeah. able to come on and influence games as well.
1: So I've gone under at five. <clears throat> and I want to be clear about something. If he's fit and he plays a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, if he winds up being one of the regular starters, I think he's a 14 or 15 goal scorer. I am still nervous that he, he will be one of those players that even if Arteta likes him, between Pepe and Saka and Smith-Rowe often playing wide and Aubameyang wide when Lacazette starts and Martinelli coming back late, and so he didn't get a chance to really nail down his position and maybe the occasional start for a a Nelson or a... Yeah, I mean, probably not, but, you know, a Nelson or a Balogun or whatever. I just wonder if Martinelli's a guy who... Artena knows he needs to play, but doesn't play enough. But if he gets the shirt, then look out. I think he can go absolutely nuclear, and I hope it happens. Uh, Shaka, 1.5 goals. I have gone for under with zero. Tim?
3: I've gone for three, but that's plain old variance. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I'd be very surprised by more than three, put it that way.
5: Clive? Did I just go under? You went
1: one. Yep. Mm -hmm.
5: Yep. That's it. Yep, he's Run gonna match match
1: Willian. Uh, Paul, uh, what what are we doing? Shaka, you went one. So
2: yeah, yeah, one. Feel, feel good about it? Yeah, yeah, sounds about right.
4: Scott, That'd be a lot. I said one. All uh, right, he's gonna have. One, he's got one thunder blast in him. So.
1: Thunder bastard, Thomas. Party goals one point five. Scott,
4: I said zero. I think you'll hit the target like three Do- times. Do me, bastard,
1: <laughs> Paul.
2: Paul. At uh, three. Lord knows he'll keep plugging away. He's going to get forward. Uh, assuming he plays plenty, he'll get a couple. Uh,
1: he won't stop till he's got a few. His preseason shooting was a lot more encouraging. And I do think mm-hmm. that if he can get forward more... Oh, he hit more...
2: the post off a free kick, didn't he? Yeah, As
1: yeah, well. he did. He hit the post twice, I think, in preseason. Look, if he, if he gets forward more, he's going to score some goals, I think. I, I, I think he yeah. is too good not to. The question is how we deploy him. Clive?
5: Yep, agreed. I've got him down as what What I say four? Yeah. I, I just think he's um. I think he's finding his you know himself here. I think he's finding his responsibility. I think he was. I think he tried too hard last year. Well, I, I say that. I heard that from Arteta's lips. Said he tried too hard, and that's how he got injured. I think he felt the responsibility that he was a major purchase, and he wanted to put his cape on, and he hurt himself. and He tried too many shots. Tried to do too much. I think he's going to be calmer and much more uh, productive in a calm way. So yeah, four. I'd, I'd even go higher. I didn't go at six.
1: Yeah, well, that that would be a lot of goals. <laughs> Tim over under one point yeah. five for party.
3: I, I went over. I went for four. I I think look if he keeps shooting from like thirty yards, one of them will go in. But. Um, I, I, I do think there's a bit more in, in him as well in terms of arriving on the edge of the box and for cutbacks and things like that. I, I I think three or four, and I've gone for four.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've gone for under with one, but it's like, it is sort of variance thing. If he gets forward a little more, I think his shooting's good enough. It could be three. I think it could be two. I think it could be one. I think it's, you know, it's in that range. It could be zero. It just sort of depends with those central midfielders do they find themselves in a position... To to get into goal scoring range and, and shoot from good positions, he's not a free kick taker, so you know it's going to have to be from open play. He's not really a set piece, you know, he's not a corner kick, header guy. The weird thing for Thomas Partey is I don't think of him as aerially dominant for a pretty big physical guy. So we'll just have to see. All right, assist. Just, just to
4: write on the parade really quick there. So I mean, to get four goals, that's like sixty shots. That is, you know, point zero six per shot, you know, or actually per shot. So that's why I'm kind of bullet or you know, bearish on all this.
1: Fair enough. Um, we we look. I don't know if you know this about us, Scott, but we we just want to do this from the heart, man. This is this is what your heart says. <laughs> that's what we're going for. Um, that's why we're doing it with a spreadsheet. So uh, let's let's go to assists. Uh, Scott, we'll stay with you since you spoke up first. Emil Smithrow, seven point five assists. I said eight. That that would be great, wouldn't it?
4: It would be. I think so. That, I think what be, was our assist leader that. last
1: season? Do we know? Does
4: somebody have it open?
1: I do not have it open.
2: Yes, I do. Ann.
4: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> That's I, right. Wasn't it like Why five didn't assists? I
2: know that off the top of my head?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 is good. The reason I should know that is because there's always that person on Twitter when you criticize Willian who comes with that stat. Um, yeah, me. <laughs> touche. Uh, Smith Rowe, uh, 7.5 assists, Paul.
2: Uh, yeah, just under seven. I think we underestimate how few goals and assists uh, midfielders generally get even the good ones even your Aaron Ramsey's even your so seven's a good number and I, I just think the seven and a half is a little high
1: yeah okay I mean that's still a really good number to your point uh, yeah. Clive how about you to
5: where we are now Smith,
1: sorry Smith sorry, Smith row assists
5: uh, eight
1: yep that would be over and I think yeah. we would take that certainly um, Tim
3: yeah I've gone for eight as well I think it's in that six to nine range um, I agree with Paul on the numbers we usually get from this type of player. Yeah. Um, I, I think eight, and I think that'd be a good number.
1: Yeah, and I picked eight as well. And I just want to point out that between me and Tim and Clive, we've all gone for an, uh, a seven-goal, eight-assist season for Emil Smith Rowe. Which it certainly is really sounds high. like a player of the season candidate to me, doesn't it? Like it does that's, James that's, Madison yeah. is is nothing like that. No, well, no, he, he
2: isn't. He <laughs> was close last year. He was on the goals. He was what? He was eight and four or eight and five
1: or something like that.
5: That's are you, a question, lot. are but, you questioning my guessing? Are you? Paul
1: no, no, no. I picked. I, I went with the same All thing. I it. went with eight and seven. But my point is, I picked him as player of the season. So I'm saying, if you guys are right with me and he gets seven goals and eight assists, I think he's probably going to be player of the season. Um, but that's okay. We can get to Bukayo Saka, who's also uh, slated for a huge season, according to our podcast. Uh, I put his assists over under at six point five, and I have him over at seven. Uh, Tim,
3: yeah, I've I've got him as eight as well. Again, I'd put him in that six to nine range, uh, and I've probably I've I've gone high on a lot of these uh, in that kind of range, so I've gone for eight.
5: Clive, uh, what did I say? Ten. <laughs> yeah.
1: That? We've got Seca, Bukayo Seka. I just don't <laughs> think you understand. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's a big deal. It's Mikel Arteta's man. He's better than a Ozil. Ten's a lot of ten. assists. Ten is Ozilian. It really is. Um well, in his peak, my player of the enough. season, right? Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Well, you've got him going ten, ten assists and seven goals. So we would take that, I think. Look, I think given some of our player predictions, maybe we needed a top four shout in here somewhere. Uh Paul, over under 7.5. Uh, pardon me, 6.5. Uh, just
2: over because, like, because he's great and that's kind of his job. So I think seven's doable. I went with 7. Scott?
4: I said 8, and, you know, I look at this and think that Saka is probably going to end up the player of the season if he hits my prediction because I have 10 10 goals, eight. 8
1: assists. I <laughs> mean, that's pretty damn good. We've got some good – you know what, though, guys? Can we just stop for a second and admire the fact that our academy has produced the kind of players – and I realize we're all Arsenal fans, and we're looking at through Arsenal lenses. But where we realistically are sitting here, saying they could get ten goals and eight assists, or seven goals and eight assists, and then we've got a guy in Martinelli that some of us are saying, you know, nine goals, five assists, nine goals, six assists. Like that's the kind of young talent you need to really move the needle. So it is, it is pretty exciting. Let's go to Martinelli. Uh, uh, pardon me, Pepe assists. I said four point five, Scott.
4: I, I went on four because so I think it's just me. it's just a minutes thing for me because I think he's not going to be. I think he's. Just, going to be about the same as he had last year and I think that's just really going to hurt the overall numbers the hounding numbers but I think the rate stats are going to be perfectly fine
1: Mm, yeah I mean I the weird thing is so I don't know guys if you know this but like I looked I think he had one assist last season now the seasons prior to that he was more assisty but his his creative numbers key passes XA like all that were terrible last season so I didn't know where to set this number so if you're listening at home and you're thinking or wherever you listen you could be listening anywhere and thinking that number sounds super low he had one assist last season, so it would be a big improvement. Uh, Paul, what do you got over, under 4.5 for Pepe?
2: That is a great question. I have uh, I have over. I went with five, marginally over. Look, he couldn't – you can't get one assist as an attacker. I, I don't know how he did it last year. You have to actually try not to pass to other players when you're Especially in the attacking Especially when
1: you take line. corners and stuff, although we were terrible at yeah. this, to be fair. And, and, and <laughs>
2: like, he day. still puts in good crosses – and stuff like it's just not it's a mathematical quirk that he has one assist he'll be a bit more integrated he'll play a bit more is my hope and theory yeah five
1: okay uh clive how about you uh nicola pepe assists over under 4.5 i
3: said seven. seven
1: seven yeah so just yeah. the six more than last season
3: um tim over under 4.5 I've gone just under four. I I just don't, I, I agree with Paul on like one assist last season being a bit freaky, but I don't see him as much of an assister. And I think part of the reason he's playing better is because we understand that now. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm big on him for goals, but not for assists.
2: Yeah. I Can went, I also add yeah. without Willian, there's a bunch of corners to be taken. That was my shout. <laughs> I was just thinking uh, about dead balls. He could yeah. easily get two off dead balls. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and it, It does look like we're working on set pieces a little differently from an attacking standpoint. Uh, Granted, Shaka getting a headed goal from a corner in preseason. Mm -hmm. I have Pepe over at seven assists. I I went a little low on his goals at nine. I think seven assists, though. Not that nine is low. I think a nine-goal, seven-assist season is good. Pepe finished last season on fire. I don't think he's been brilliant in preseason, but he's had some moments. And I do think he's a guy that, to Scott's point, if he gets the minutes... I just think there's too much end product in him to miss it. Martinelli assists over under 3.5. I went under at two. Once again, I think Martinelli's biggest problem in terms of really lighting it up an end product is just playing time. So I'm using the Scott's Pepe excuse with my Martinelli prediction. Uh, Clive, over under 3.5 for Martinelli? Just
5: touch over. Um, again, I just just goes alongside what I said about him coming out this year. But him coming out this year is not dependent on only on him, as we all know. He needs to get selected, so just a little bit over.
1: Yep, Uh, you went with five, so just the nine goals and five assists for Martinelli this season. Tim, uh, Martinelli over under uh, 3.5 assists.
3: Yeah, I've I've gone for five. I think he'll be in that range. But I've I've gone for five just because he makes stuff happen and he gets the ball in the air. I think there'll be some like scrappy assists. Like, you know, Peter Crouch, lots of assists in his career, right? Not mm-hmm. a particularly creative player, but he's a guy that made things happen. I, I view Martinelli the same. But yes, of course, it will depend on how much playing time and this is... Possibly an optimistic projection.
1: Martinelli is um, an all-action box chaos player, right? Like he wants the ball inside the box, and and anyone who is that maniacally driven to get the ball inside the box is going to produce end product almost by accident at times. Um, okay, so Paul, what do you got for the over/under three point five assists for Martinelli?
2: Uh, I'm big on Martinelli. I'm going with six. <clears throat> Didn't need to. He's over. Um, apart from all the chaos, he puts in a bloody good cross. Um, so he'll get into the box. He'll make shit happen. Uh, we'll uh, As long as he gets some minutes, and he must, otherwise his career and Arsenal will separate. <clears throat> he's going to have a big season. Uh, he's going to get much more playing time, and he'll get six
4: assists.
1: I'm going to skip the next two. Uh, sorry, Martinelli, for you, Scott, mm-hmm. over-under. I, I wanted to skip you because it was terrible. It's but. okay.
4: I, I did say one, and I think it's really just mostly because I think his, his ask is going to be go score goals kind of things yep. so i think yep. he's going to be a guy that comes on in the last you know 15 20 minutes of games as his primary role and he's going to be asked to score goals not necessarily set up everybody else
1: i have shaka and party next we're going to skip them you can read them on the spreadsheet if you want but suffice it to say people had them around two or three assists uh total i had shaka zero party two and and roughly everyone was in that range we'll go to tierney i think the next two are, are really the important ones because i think There's real opportunity here. I set the over-under on Tierney at 9.5, which I realize is way too high probably, but fullbacks can do that. I went just under at 9, which would still be regarded as a a great season. Um, And you know what? I'm going to adjust this, guys, down to 7.5 just because I think people will read the spreadsheet at the end of the season and be like, oh, they they were all disappointed by him, which is ridiculous. So I'm going to adjust this down to 7.5, but I'm going to keep my number where it is. I have him over at 9. Tim, Tierney assists. Uh, I, I think,
3: yeah, I think five. Um, I think uh, if if you throw in like pre-assists um, and you yeah. know XG chain or something like that, he'll be very, very high. But he'll the cause actual a lot of goals, but he won't exactly, be. yeah. But the actual times that it will be him to the guy who scores the goal, I think, will be just slightly lower. He will be um, among our most creative players, but probably not quite in that metric. Yep, Clive.
5: Uh, I've gone seven. although I just, just adjusted that. I mean, I think he, I, I could even go a little bit lower and it's not because he won't play well. Just so I think everyone knows he's coming over the hill. and I think he's going to get marked a lot. So, um, but yeah, seven, no drama. He's a good player. Sometimes he can't be stopped. So that'll do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of that too, you know, if you think he's going to have the season, I do with nine assists. I probably need to rethink Obama anger lock. Cause that's goal totals to be fair. Uh, okay paul what do you got uh five so that's under same logic as
2: tim's he'll do a lot of pre-assisting create a lot of opportunities won't necessarily be the assister
1: the assist whose sister will he not be out of curiosity uh chambers I don't okay know. he won't I be Chambers' sister okay uh scott how many for tierney
4: i got eight for him and i, I think that's kind of just looking at it. i think he's going to be about a one every four games kind of assist person um so I think he might be our main creative guy over on the left because um, I think, yeah, that side's going to be one of the the forwards slash a bombing area. So I think it's going to be yeah a good season for him. And I think this is also why he's my player of the season.
1: Yeah, I had to pick a right back. So I picked Chambers and I had to pick an over under and I went with 4.5 assists. It does put in a nice cross. Where do you have him at, Scott?
4: I got three because I think, you know, the right side's going to be a little bit more reserved.
1: OK, fair enough. Uh, Paul?
2: Given the uncertainty around who will be doing all the right backing, I went with four, which is still an OK number. Yeah,
1: I think it's great and, and
2: still the same logic as as with Tierney, which is he still may create a lot. He'll just be pre-assisting quite a bit.
1: See, it's funny. I would say I think he will be less important to our buildup in our play generally than Tierney. But I think his good crossing may be enough to mm-hmm. snaffle him some assists, <laughs> even when we're not playing great. Uh, Clive, you're not as big a fan.
5: No, I, I like it. I think he's our best right back at the moment for this team. Hooray. So, um, high I,
2: praise indeed. Yeah, but
5: I, but I would shoot them all. Do you know what I mean? So, um,
2: <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> getting mixed messages there. <laughs> so, yeah,
5: I, 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 I do like Chambers' his timing and, and what he knows what he's doing. He knows what he is, he knows what he's doing. So, he's got three. That's fine.
1: Okay, if, if we were allowed to play all four right-backs at the same time without it being deducted from our total 11, I think that could go really well for us. Um, okay, uh, Tim, over under 4.5 assists for Chambers?
3: Uh, I've gone for three. Um, I, I think that Chambers will be the main right-back. I do think that, assuming he stays, Bellerin will, will eat into some of his minutes as well. I think he'll play.
1: Yeah, I've gone for five and I think it really is as simple as, even if he's not playing great, I think the quality of his crosses is enough that if he plays 30 games, I think he can get five assists just by putting in some good crosses and good enough. Okay, we're going to finish now with the miscellaneous section. And I think some of the most important stuff, questions that we have for the season uh, are in this section. But since we're running sort of long, we won't stop and talk about all of them, uh, just the ones that are important. So we'll start with Martinelli, Premier League starts. Oh, by the way, I should point out, these numbers are not all comps numbers. These numbers are, are league-only numbers. Oops. So, um, does that change anybody? Did anybody think I meant all comps? No.
3: Maybe yeah. Uh, I might revise a couple down slightly. To, not to be fair,
1: room. there's not much comps to play. Like a lot of our no, starters exactly. won't play in the league cup. So if you know if we don't have a great yeah. FA Cup campaign, you're literally talking about two think? games. You know, like.
3: Yeah, so yeah. No, agree. I, I wouldn't revise them too much, but maybe yeah. slightly.
1: Okay, there's a hedge there if you want. So Pr- Martinelli Premier mm. League starts nine point five over under Scott. I'll start with you. What do you got?
4: I got nine. I think it's just going to be a numbers game.
1: Yep. Um, what about you, Paul? I'm going big. I think this is breakout
2: season. This is very high. I'm going with 15.
4: I
1: mean, I don't think it's high it. enough, candidly. Like, I don't <laughs> think it's high. If you yep. said to me, who should start 20 games on the left wing for Arsenal and Premier League? Martinelli would mm-hmm. be my guy. So, yep. I, I don't think you've gone big. If he's, like, the funny thing is, Paul, if he's yeah. given the chance... I don't think 15 is high. I think 15 is low. I just don't, I don't know it'll shake out that. Let me tell you my logic
2: that I haven't thought all the way through, which is there's going to be a shake-up in our front line this year. There, we're, uh, Oba, uh, Arteta is not necessarily going to be our manager at the end of the year if we don't make some changes, and I think one of those changes will create the opportunity for Martinelli to be a big factor this year. Shit's going Fair. to go to down in our front line.
1: Fair enough. Someone's anxious and clicking their pen. Please stop doing that.
2: That was um, me. Sorry.
1: Okay. 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 You were anxious. Fair. Well, I, li- I like your prediction. I hope it's right. I hope it's low. Um, When we get to mine, you'll see that I am a Jimmy bastard. Once again, as usual, Clive, over under 9.5 starts for Martinelli in the Premier League.
5: Well, I had 10. I went down. I've gone back to 10. And I've now thinking... Up and down I, like uh, the Assyrian Empire. Yeah, I, I care a little about these numbers, by the way. But I do think... If I'm gonna back the fact that I think martinelli is gonna be the breakout I should have gone higher so um, although I'm saying 10 I actually think it could be closer to 15 even closer to 20 I, mm,
1: I would I honestly you've just made my day i i I hope that is what happens uh Tim what do you
3: got I've got nine the reason i've I've gone that low I guess I agree with you I'd love it if it was 20 or whatever i I think the problem for martinelli is not his own talent or ability it's. He's very similar to Pepe and Aubameyang, and I, I think that's the problem that Arteta has to grapple with—that yep. his his three best goal scorers can't play together. Um, so I, yeah. I think Martinelli will do a lot of super subbing. Um, but but on the other hand, I agree with you that left wing spot is open. I really do like who, who's Arsenal's left winger. Like I think it'll end up being Smith Rowe because I think we'll sign Erdgaard. but it's it's not nailed down by any means.
1: Well, and this is the problem, and I think it's a problem Marteta has to solve. I think he likes technical, connective players more than he likes end-product monsters, right? I mean, he's learning to like Pepe, but he likes Saka better. And he might be learning to like Martinelli, but I think he likes Smith Rowe better out on the wing. At some point, you got to have a guy who is an end-product monster. And I I just think Martinelli has the ability to do the thing that we need done the most. But we saw in that, was it the Manchester United game? We got subbed at halftime, I believe, because he just wouldn't stand where Arteta wanted him to stand, wasn't you know tactically, positionally what he wants him to be. If he can get on the same page with him, then I think we could be somewhere. I will let you know that I've gone for seven, by the way, and I do think every year, every season, there's that thing that Twitter tears itself apart and everybody's arguing and the Discord is a mess. I'm worried that this season it could be the... Martinelli not starting enough debate. I will also say the other thing is Marseille games are not going to be fun for Arsenal Twitter this season with Guendouzi and Saliba there because it's going to be a lot of points, going, points scoring and arguing. But hopefully, hopefully we're just too caught up with how great Arsenal are playing. Um, can I, can I just yeah, say that mm-hmm. the,
5: the more important metric for Martinelli is appearances rather than starts. I think he's going to get a lot of appearances. He may not start as many as we hope. But if he's yeah, appearing it, in a lot of games, I think, I think he'll be fine. You know, okay, I think and, that's the most important thing.
1: And, and that is a fair point. I mean, we, we sometimes forget the substitutions are allowed as uh, sometimes the coaches do as well. So, Clive, uh, Thomas Party starts in the Premier League over under
5: 30.5. I went just under, only because he's got his leg in the boot right now. Um... So I think he's going to pick up your little thing. Well, to be honest, he wasn't in no danger of picking up anything until he got scythed down.
1: Yeah, that, right? that, that's so, not injury-prone. That is a bad challenge, right? Yeah. Like, if I, you know, if I take a crowbar to your knee, you're not injury-prone.
5: Yeah, and he just got his foot caught under him, and he's, and he's done for a month or two. So, yeah, I just – I think we need to manage him for certain games, and we've got potential of doing that now with Laconga being there. So we should sit him before the biggest moments – in the biggest time in the end towards the last third of the season. So I've just gone for just under 30. 30.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tim, I realized th- this was when I added, so you don't have it written down, but why don't you tell me over under 30.5 starts for Thomas party?
3: Just under. I th- uh, no, actually I picked him as player of the season. I'm, I'm going to say just over, I think 31, 32. I think it will be in that range
1: okay yeah I, I think that would be excellent I do think that some of how our season shakes out depends on him being there and whether you're a huge party believer or even a little bit of a party skeptic I don't think it can be debated based on where our midfield is right now that we need him playing that level of games Paul how many uh, over under uh, uh, 20 uh, pardon me 30.5 26 under uh,
2: AFCON a couple of niggles uh, won't join us for a little while and we won't want to rush him because La
1: yeah. Okay. I went under at 28. I do think this is looking like a grade two high ankle sprain back after the international break. I think the key here is, of course, bring him back when he's totally, totally ready and not a day sooner because we have seen in other sports and in this sport. I mean, I mean, I think Clive made the point a couple seasons back. Maybe it was Tim when Lacazette had that ankle sprain in preseason. Basically wasn't the same the rest of the season. I think it was two seasons ago. Um, people were surprised that he was a little bit better last season. And, and Tim, I think you rightly pointed out it was that ankle sprain. Cannot afford Tab Party's season sort of lost or diminished because of this. So they have to really manage it right. Uh, Scott, over under thirty point five Premier League starts for Thomas Party.
4: I said twenty five because I mean he's missing three here. He's going to miss three for half on there's going to be a you know a handful that he kind of misses just for rest and rotation during the pretty grueling schedule so yeah, i think 25 um, but i think he's gonna have 25 really good starts
1: well then i've got good news for tim if he misses three here and three for the afcon tim he has to start every single remaining premier league game for <laughs> hit your hit your projection so uh no, no problem no pressure no, pr- yep no pressure thomas uh Likonga premier league starts scott over under 11.5
4: I said 18. I think he's going to play basically all of El Elneny's starts last year.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that is a lot. Um, uh, Paul, over under, uh, what did I say? 11.5 Premier League starts.
2: I'm going to do just under. I feel like over, but there's no way between him and party. there's no way Elneny plays zero starts and Chaka won't miss more than a couple of games. So there's there's a riddle there we haven't solved unless we send... Remember, well, Jack is going to
4: flop. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. But, but to flop, he'll have to play for a while. I just... We, we have... When we add up our numbers, I don't think we've taken account of nenny He's not going to play one or three or four or five games I think as he a might. starter. I think he might. Well, that
3: that will be good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, under okay. 11. Yep.
1: Tim, over under 11.5 uh, for Lukonga.
3: I've gone just over with twelve, and my rationale for that is I think he will become the backup for both Shaka and Party.
1: Totally um, agree. Yep.
3: Yeah, and El will get phased out.
1: I think there may be formations where all three of them play. Also, um, uh, Clive, over under eleven point five. Say ten. Yep, I think yeah. that's good. And I right. I have gone for seventeen. Um, I think Shaq is getting older. He's been an ever present, but I think this may be a season where he look. He played over the summer. He can't stay fit every season, all season, can he? Maybe a few yeah, injuries he's for best, Shaka? He's the
5: best trainer in the club, got the best numbers. He's in incredible. Uh, look at I, some yep. old films of him. Oh, you. I get, look, he's, he's in
1: immaculate ago. shape, but nobody's looks, fit for 38 games every single season, and he has been. I mean, so there's got to be a few games well, missed ben in the summer. Well, Ben White is. Yeah, well, right, true. Okay. Oh. Pablo and that's Marine. what
3: happened to Cazorla as well, by the way. He was super fit for four or five years. Until and, wasn't.
1: And, and then did that end really well? As far as I remember, it ended really well. Um, Pablo <laughs> yeah. Marie, Premier League starts over under 10.5. I've gone just over at 11. Uh, Clive?
5: Yeah, I've gone over 15. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see... Uh, he'll be fine. I know you've got the preseason trauma going through your head, but trust me, he's a steady steady Eddie, and he'll, he'll be fine.
1: We will be debating that on podcasts in the future and from the sounds of things 15 times. Uh, Tim? <laughs> 10. Yeah, I would take 10 more than 15. Paul? 15.
2: We won't be playing the way we did in preseason. Uh, He won't be as uh, isolated. We'll start to remember when Elliot said, you know what? I think
1: Pablo Murray might
2: actually be good. Remember that? Yeah,
1: yeah. But remember, when I say something, that's usually when it goes back the other direction. Scott?
4: I said six. I think we're going to have a pretty settled back two, and I think it's going to be Gabrielle and White. (laughs)
1: Would take. Aubameyang Premier League center forward starts twenty point mm-hmm. five. Scott,
4: the twenty five. I think he's going to be the guy.
2: Paul, twenty. I think for a number of reasons, you got a little bit of Afcon, a little bit of injury, uh, Lacazette, and maybe some other twists and turns of Arteta fiddling with other options. Um, him and his buddy over at City will try may try some creative things. I think we're going to struggle in the front line is the answer. And I think the that will mean that Aubameyang we will start to experiment with other approaches than Aubameyang. Plus we might actually bring in a, uh, an additional striker now or in January. So, yeah. I'm I'm a bit gloomy, gloomy on my top scorer.
1: Yeah, we've moved into the section of the podcast where there's literally just music playing in the background, but <laughs> if anyone's still with us, that's a good sign. We're wrapping up here, I promise. Um, center forward starts for Obama Yang, Uh 20.5, Clive, over under.
5: Uh, what did I say, 20?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
5: we are, I, I still think he's a man, but when Lacazette gets sold, that could go up.
2: <laughs> you said 25. 25, did
5: you, yeah. Did they say yeah. 25? There yeah. you go. As okay. per Scott.
3: There you go. There Tim? Go. I've I've gone for 23. I toyed with putting Lacazette as my flop of the season. I've got a feeling he's a player who might end up getting phased out as well. Um, but when I say 23, I'm not necessarily convinced that Aubameyang will play 90 minutes as a striker in those games. I think he That's might fair. start them and then shift over to the left wing or just come off for Lacazette.
1: It is interesting that he is our highest-paid player. He is our star striker, and none of us have him playing more than, I mean two-thirds of the games at striker which is interesting i admit 20 so we will finish with two now there are a couple other on here that we're not going to cover uh willian minutes 800 we all went under uh goals from midfield i set it at 5.5 everyone went five or fewer uh to be fair tim had eight but it's not clear what midfield means so that's a dumb question and we're going to go with the last two saint Toddringham's day yes or no clive
5: uh, yes, I think um, we are we are a couple of clubs in a little bit of turmoil, but we understand our position a little bit more than they do. And they're about to lose a talisman, and the recovery from that will be interesting. So, yes.
1: Yeah, the Harry Kane situation combined with a very conservative coach, I don't see them getting the goals they need. Uh, I said yes as well. Tim?
3: Yeah, definitely yes. I, I For the same reasons as you also, I think... Really, for the last seven or eight years, Arsenal and Tottenham have been basically the same, and it's been variance that's decided it. And what happened was for three or four years, the variance went our way, and now it's all gone back the other way, and it's gone Tottenham's way. And I, I just think perhaps unscientifically that it's due to come back our way.
1: When you have the league leader in assists and the league leader in goals, and they're the same player, and you lose that player, that's not a good sign, and it's hard to replace. Uh, Paul, Tottenham's day. Uh,
2: uh, yes, but just about. I think Nuno's good, and I think uh, Tottenham will be a lot better than they were
1: last season. I think it's going to be really close, but we'll do it. I think it's a tailor-made mid-table coach, because I just don't know, and you could level this about our coach, I don't know that he plays to score enough goals to get teams into the upper echelon of the league. St. Tottenham stay Scott, yes or no?
4: I said Yes. I think it's gonna happen. They got the, the conference league, so they're gonna be traveling all over Europe and you know that's gonna put a, a wrench in their rotations and so I think Arsenal will just be fresher, even though we're about equal in talent.
1: Okay, this is the last one. Scott Arteta, Arsenal manager for the 2022-2023 20, season. Will he be manager next season?
4: Yeah, we're coming in fifth.
1: Okay. Paul. Yes, he will. Clive.
5: Trust the process, baby.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Tim? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got us as fifth and I think that will be enough for him to keep his job. And also, I, I don't think there are fewer managers getting sacked at the moment because of COVID. And um, there, there's a reason for that. People don't want to pay managers out. The interesting question for me is next Adam. summer... We then have to have the conversation about, assuming he stays, whether his contract is extended, because I think his contract goes to 2023. So maybe that's a more interesting, not a more interesting, but, you know, um, perhaps if we have the question, do you think Arteta will sign a new contract? Um, But, yeah, I think he'll be here.
1: Uh, I went for no, and partly just because no one else did. I think we have every chance to finish fifth and sixth and every chance to finish seventh and eighth. And I think if the former happens, he'll stay. But I don't think he can survive a 7th or 8th place finish. Not with the money we're spending, not with the money we're losing, not with what our ambitions are, even if you say that Stan doesn't have any ambitions. I I think it would take a calamity for Stan to act. So I think 5th or 6th would keep him in his job. But seeing that I regard—well, let me ask you this. Scott, what is the percentage, according to your model, that we finish outside the top 6?
4: It's like 50%.
1: So there you go. So if it's 50% that we finish in it and 50% out of it, I'd say it's 50-50 that he keeps his job. I don't think with a year left on his deal, having to confront, do we resign him or do we say this is it and shake hands and move on? I think a seventh or eighth place or lower finish sees him go, and that's 50-50. So I think there's a 50% chance he stays and has a good season. I think there's a 50% chance he can't quite get into that group, and since I don't see us as distanced from any of those teams, Leeds, Villa, West Ham, Everton, Spurs, Leicester. If Spurs and Leicester finish above us, which isn't, I mean, no one would say that would be crazy. I think that's it for Arteta. We got to get ahead of one of them, and that's not a given. So I've gone for no, just as a contrarian play on the 50-50 shot there, but I certainly hope that that's not how it goes. Look, if you're new to this podcast, this is what we do. Every episode, we just read from a Google Sheet. It's great. Two hours of just reading numbers off a Google Sheet. You don't want to miss an episode. I hope you've enjoyed this. I know it is a weird way to do the season preview, but it gets our ideas on paper, nails our colors to the mast. They'll be up on the website. And from there, we go into the season and where there'll be actual substantive analysis uh, in much shorter form. Instead of two hours, there'll be like an hour and 47 minutes. So be prepared for that. I hope you will uh, join us on Patreon if you'd like. For our instant reaction pods, our scouting videos, our rewatches, and all the other things we have planned. I hope you join us throughout the season on this stream as we move into our sixth season and, and hopefully a great season for Arsenal, a great season for you, and a great season for us here at the Arsenal Vision Podcast. Pause on Twitter, pause my pen Thanks, pause. Woohoo. Scott's on Twitter at, that's a good sign, Oh, underscore that underscore crap. Thanks, Scott.
4: <laughs> Thank you so much. Going great. When it's going
1: great.com. <laughs> Tim's on Twitter at Thanks, Tim. <laughs> that, that's a bit. My pleasure as a win. That was a bit. I knew that was a bit. Clive's on Twitter. At Clive AOC. Thank you, Clive. Thank you very much. My name is Elliot Smith. Blackman can block me on Twitter. Yankee Gunner. Live stream tomorrow before the game. Live stream two hours of us being a little bit silly and celebrating a new season. I raise a glass to Arsenal, to Arteta, to his boys, to you, to your family, to all the Arsenal fans globally who look forward to a good season. Hope springs eternal. We love you. And we will talk to you after Arsenal 10. Brentford down.